0: everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amala Epinovi, a.k.a. Sporty McSportington today, because the Super Bowl happened yesterday. Now, I'm be so real with y'all right now. I did not sit down and watch the whole Super Bowl. I have gotten up to speed on everything, watched a whole ton of what went on yesterday, including the halftime show, all of the major clips that were circulating around, all of the drama, the ads, the Nickelodeon spin on the Super Bowl, which we're going to get into today. But before we go there, we've got Taylor. in Nashville.
1: Always happy to compliment our sporty sportington. I'm one of those weirdo old school guys who actually wanted to watch Super Bowl out of interest in the football uh, but it is as much of a cultural event as it is a sporting one so I guess we can hit it with the yin and yang here today.
0: Yes we can. I'm, I'm up on the cultural front of what's happening uh, with the Super Bowl mm-hmm. game and first we're going to start off with how the game began and that was not only with the national anthem but the black national anthem being sung. Now mind you, I don't know who the singer is who did the Black National Anthem at the Super Bowl. She had a fantastic voice, super talented, you know, more power to her. But my goodness, do we need there to be a Black National Anthem? But you guys know the whole history with the NFL, how they're all into protesting and Black Lives Matter. You had Colin Kaepernick start off this major trend of kneeling during the national anthem. And now they've decided to integrate the black national anthem into the whole show, the whole shebang. Here is, you know, a a little viewing. I'm not going to play the sound because your girl does not want to get copyright claimed on this. But you can see uh, this young woman singing it before everything ensues. And you know what? This, I don't know how far we can go with this, right? Are we going to move on and then have, you know, the Hispanic national anthem, the Asian national anthem, the trans national anthem, each time we decide that there's a marginalized group that, you know, was done wrong in America's history and deserves some respect to be put on their name? Like, is that what we're going to continue to do? Because if you keep splitting up, our, our time and our, our anthems like this, you're gonna have a ton of different people who are gonna raise their hands and say, wait a minute, why is it that we're doing the national anthem and the black national anthem, but we don't have something like uh, the, the indigenous people's national anthem? Guarantee you, somebody right now is chefing that up, cooking up in the kitchen, in the indigenous national anthem, and at some point down the line, there will be people doing it. I'm not saying it's gonna be at a Super, Super Bowl or something like that, but guaranteed. You are going to find this happening in the future. It just seems a little bit out of place to me. But if we know the NFL and ESPN and basically all of our major sporting institutions these days, they give in to stuff like this time and time again.
1: Yeah, what's, what's kind of off-putting is more the fact that the NFL chooses to engage in this than the actual content of the song itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a tweet from Robbie George who tweeted some of the lyrics, and it's actually a very like positive song. It was written in sure. 1900 uh, by an NAACP activist, and it kind of celebrates uh, how far African Americans have come through blood, sweat, and tears, through their sufferings. To a moment post emancipation, where they can look forward, look ahead, and uh, with with hope and with opportunity to the future, and that in and it itself is a, a wholesome message. Um, but the very idea of having something that we're going to designate as a black national anthem—I know it's not like officially called that, but mm-hmm. it is widely referred to as that. And if you go to the NAACP's website, it's couched in this, framed in this narrative of we are. Uh, a, a separate group in the United States, and we are oppressed, and we need to fight back against systemic injustice. And it's it's the subtext of it undercuts the actual original message of the song, which is wholesome, which is aspirational, which speaks to the uh, the vision of America to to include everybody, uh, equal under God, and give give them those rights, and celebrate the progress that we've made, and have a vision of hope for the future. But the way that the NFL And the NCAA, NCAA, NAACP, Mm -hmm. uh, all these acronyms are, uh, the way that they frame this and present it is really not in the spirit of the song. It's in the spirit of modern woke uh, activism, which seeks to divide and create this oppressor oppressed narrative. So it just really falls flat.
0: Yeah. And just from a logistics standpoint, you're taking up too much time, y'all. We need to... (laughs)
1: We need to (laughs) keep it moving. We
0: need to keep it moving. And at some point, it's just going to spread and separate and get, you know, worse and worse. And there's going to be more things for more groups. I think one of the beautiful things about America, at least in its ideals, whether or not you believe that we truly practice those ideals or not, uh, is that We are all housed under our national anthem. We're all housed under our flag. So to keep splitting things up and saying, well, no, we need representation for black people or indigenous people or trans people or Hispanic people, you know, if you go down this laundry list, it's kind of antithetical to what uh, America is meant to stand for. It's meant to be that the one national anthem uh, stands for all Americans and signifies, you know, our allegiance under the American umbrella. So... Uh, But, you know, it's par for the course. We knew this was going to happen. Now I told you guys, I didn't watch the Super Bowl live uh, on on TV. But I would have had I known that Nickelodeon was going to be integrating with the Super Bowl. (laughs) Y'all, I got on social media and I saw these pictures, right? Okay, so for those of you who are unaware of what Nickelodeon did, they essentially had their own little, like, Super Bowl station where SpongeBob and Patrick were the sports commentators and they had the voice actors, you know, uh, at the Super Bowl with their headsets on, watching the game, giving their commentary. They had, like... Sandy Cheeks out on the field. Plankton was out on the field. They made up all of these under-the-sea celebrities, which I'm going to show you right now, and it's so (laughs) hilarious. Megan The Sturgeon. (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo. Dua (laughs) Flippa. Priyana. Guys, this was cracking me up. This is such good marketing. It's brilliant. Oprah Finfrey and... Shrimpity Chalamet.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good one.
0: That's a good one. I wish I knew that this was actually going to be happening because I, I think I actually would have tuned in. And for those of you who are like, oh, I don't even understand football. I wouldn't even know what's going on. Dora the Explorer would explain what was happening on the field as the game was going on. Explain like the penalties, what a touchdown is, you know, what the, the face masking or whatever it's called. She would pop up and give you all the different rules and regulations so that you could follow along. And if that is not the most brilliant thing that Nickelodeon has done in a long time, I don't know what is. And I might actually watch sports now. <laughs>
1: If only you knew. Yeah. Do you see the football on the screen? Say it with me. Football. Yeah. That ball went fuera, <laughs> out of bounds. <laughs> I, can, I can totally see it. I missed it. I was watching the main feed, but I love that. I know that earlier in the season, there was like a Toy Story feed where like everything was animated in Toy Story graphics and they had like the pig character like narrating, I think the game. And so they're the wonders of modern technology, right? They're using, uh, some of these things uh, creatively, at least to try to bring more and more people into the sport. It's just, we have so many draws now, apparently yeah. with the outside of football, you got the halftime show, you got the commercials, you got the, the, uh, Nickelodeon angle, you got the Taylor Swift angle. So this felt like a very big Super Bowl, even though the football game itself was a little bit boring, a little flat, uh, there was so much attention uh, on it from all these different angles. And it's funny that uh, Nickelodeon added a new layer for us as well.
0: Yeah. You know, like, I don't know how I feel about like all this uh, consumerism, but, you know, capitalism, they they really ate with this one. They really did. They really did. Indeed. <laughs> now, of course, we have to talk about the halftime show. Uh, it was Usher. I'm, you know, I'm a fan of Usher. I listen to Usher every now and then. I'm I'm not like a mega fan of Usher. But when I heard he was doing the halftime show, I'm like, OK. That's cool. That's dope. Uh, he brought on a bunch of people. Her, Alicia Keys, Ludacris, the list goes on. He had roller skaters. I watched it. I thought I thought it was okay. Um, the, the vocals are like the sound was not all there in the beginning. I don't know what was going on because I know Usher can sing. Uh, and we know Usher can dance because the man would not stop. <laughs> he was moving all over the field. Uh, it, for me, it did not top the Rihanna halftime show of last year. I thought that was phenomenal. I know people have a lot of hot takes on that, but what's really going viral from Usher's halftime show performance is his time with Alicia Keys. And I'll, I'll play some of it here. Alicia Keys, for those of you who do not know, is married. Uh, she's married to Swiss Beats and, uh, People were watching this, watching uh, Usher get all over uh, Alicia Keys. And it seems like at some points, Alicia Keys, when she gets grabbed, is like moving away from Usher. <laughs> Maybe because her and her husband have some sort of understanding that, yo, you're not meant to be all up on Usher. But famously, when Usher sings the song My Boo, he gets all up on. A girl out in the audience, sometimes there's celebrities out there, in this case it was Alicia Keys, but this has been going viral because people are calling out Usher for having gone after uh, Alicia Keys in this, although I'm sure it's part of the performance, and uh, people are making fun of the fact that if they were Alicia Keys' husband, they would not be putting up with this sort of tomfoolery out on stage in front of millions and millions of Americans who are choosing to watch the show, and they're saying that he got a little bit too handsy with her. Now, I don't know. You, you Presumably, they rehearsed this beforehand, and you know everybody knew that this is what Usher was going to do and that he was going to be all up on her, and that was going to be what happened for the show. Uh, but, you know, I think we can... I think we can live through this. I think Alicia Keys' husband is going to be fine. I think their marriage is going to make it through. Usher is known, hands down, for doing this during this song. So, I don't know. I didn't think all that much of it.
1: We've been through a lot more promiscuity on Super Bowls. So, oh yeah, this certainly isn't the, the worst you're going to see. Not that it was necessarily wholesome, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion about it. We asked you guys in the chat here did us cross the line with Alicia Keys. 26% say yes. uh, 34% say kind of 40% say not really. So it sounds like overall there's kind of a divided reaction to this. No one's super offended by it or by and large. And uh well, life will go on. Uh, I'm sure we'll have much more to talk about on future Super Bowls. That will be yes. much more uh, pearl clutching.
0: A hundred percent. But, uh, you know, rule of thumb, if you don't want your wife touched by Usher, don't let her near Usher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and don't let her go to a concert, <laughs> which is so funny because this was what created a whole bunch of drama between uh, Kiki Palmer and her uh, then husband. I don't know if they're divorced at this point or what's going on with them. But she had gone to an Usher concert and Usher was dancing all up on her. She was dancing on Usher and it created all this drama. Uh and then she came out with her mother in a recorded clip saying, you know, it's widely known within the industry that Usher's gay. I don't know whether or not that's true, uh, but that would make sense in that. you." Breaking
1: know. news. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> you heard it from Kiki Palmer's mom. OK, you didn't yeah. hear that from me. She said everybody in Hollywood knows that Usher is gay. Now, I don't know if that mm. is true, but that would make it a lot less threatening to have usher dancing on your uh wife or your significant other if, if that does i guess so happen to be all i
1: all i know is he's got a certain effect on the millennial women and i was half jokingly covering my wife's eyes when he put uh took a shirt off and uh i was at a super bowl party with my brother and some of his friends and my brother's wife was there and she was also very much like a millennial woman um usher fan knew all the songs and she and my wife were very into the performance, <laughs> to say the least. So I think it definitely, uh, uh, hits, hit, it hit with a certain demographic.
0: That's so funny. I knew, uh, like, I'm familiar with Usher, obviously, through his music. And, like, I know that he's very loved for his music. I didn't realize he was like a sex symbol, that people were all that interested in him on that front. But I guess, I guess we learned that at the Super Bowl, the amount of women women that I saw sweating on the Internet because he took his shirt off. Astounding, mm, truly.
1: <laughs> yeah and i will say my wife's from atlanta so she's got a soft spot for like ludicrous and like that all the a lot of those hits were like her era so when she saw them come out like that was a big source of the excitement i think it's more knowing all the songs and everything but i don't know he's, he's getting hot and steamy and the roller skates thing was a power move too that was kind of cool
0: uh, speaking of hot and steamy uh which i agree the roller skates was pretty cool a cool element to add to the show uh and we all know usher can skate but speaking of hot and steamy here's this clip of travis kelsey who uh Pushed his his coach, uh, Andy Reid uh, of the Chiefs, just live on air. Let's let's take a look here. For the fumble, he comes over to Andy. He and goes, "Keep me in." What happened is, on the fumble, he was not in the game. Noah Gray went in, and he had to block for the fumble, Now y'all saw that. He comes over to Andy. and goes, "Keep me in." And that's a whole elderly man that you just ran up on. And I know this is creating a lot of controversy. This clip. Some people are saying, "Oh, well, it's a sport. You know, he's just being a man. These are two men dealing with each other, or whatever. You know, this is normal within sports." And even Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid have sort of cleaned up their act in the in the wake of this, and they're saying, "Oh no, you know, we just put pressure on each other. You know, uh, I don't need to tell anybody what we spoke about in that moment. You know, it's just guys being guys, or whatever." But tell me, this man didn't just go and push a whole elderly man on the field. You feel like that's like, I thought the NFL was pretty strict when it came to sportsmanship things. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct Sporting McSportington if she's wrong on that, but you can just straight up go and push your coach. Is this allowed? Is this allowed?
1: Of course you saw, uh, I saw a lot on Twitter of like other players, even former players that are black who are like, man, if this was a black player, uh, the whole internet would uh-huh. be melting down or he'd be in jail right now or something like that, which People always inject the the race narrative. I'm not sure how much I buy that. But generally speaking, no, you don't you don't go after I mean, Andy Reid is a legendary coach, uh, and Travis Kelsey is very famous, but uh that doesn't justify treating your coach like this in this moment. It's like I think maybe the the amount of attention that he's gotten has increase the amount of pressure he's put on himself and he's like don't take me out of the game do you realize i got taylor swift in the box up there i've got millions of swifties cheering for me because they don't know anything about football and they just want to see me and i gotta be on the field it's 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 a tired trope that like star players want to be in the game and they get mad at their coaches when the coach doesn't call their number and have them you know be in a play or whatever but it's it's when you get to a certain point where you become a diva and it's Oh, it's a whole nother level when you're Travis Kelsey and all this other drama's going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. Men are men or whatever. You show your attention and all that stuff aggressively, but disrespectful disrespectful and true character shown because you don't see a a ton of other players running up on their coach like that and pushing them over especially a coach that is way 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 older than you i get it if you're like sizing somebody up and they're the same size same age as you same capabilities and you run up on them like that but to run up on an old man like that and somebody who deserves respect you're wild for that you're wild for that and it really does show your character if i was dating somebody and they did that i'd be like ah. Red flag. Literally red flag on the play. I'm getting I'm getting out of this situation. You clearly do not know how to handle uh yourself and you had a, a distinct lapse in judgment and that's not the only like weird card i'm gonna give to travis kelsey uh, on the the super bowl y'all watch this clip this was after the now legendary win of the chiefs in the super bowl you listening i don't know this gave me the ick <laughs> i'm gonna be totally honest with you and i think it gave taylor swift the ick too judging on how her face looked during this clip let's watch <laughs> oh! y'all hear this we've been fighting for all right all day how about a little Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Viva Las Vegas! (laughs) Hey, Elvis never had it better than that, right there. Let me tell you. To win this one, when we met a couple of days ago, you know, you said and I'm not looking ahead, but we got a lot more we want to do here, baby. You said oh, yeah. we want we want a 3 Pete. How about that? Well, you know, the goal's always been to get three. But we couldn't get here without getting the two and having that target on our back all year. And I love these guys right here. The men that we just won this thing with, family forever, baby. I couldn't be more proud of you guys. And how about it? We get a chance to do it three times in a row. How do you get excited for that, baby? Okay. Genuine question here. Genuine, genuine question. What is with the black scent? I really don't understand. Do y'all hear that? Because I know I hear it. I know I hear it. He said, you know he wanted the three, but we couldn't get here without getting the two. Why is he talking like that? And I know there is like a general... Like, everybody calls Travis Kelsey the white black boy. That's, like, his nickname now on the internet because he has a fade in his hair and, you know, he's got a black hairstyle and some people say he has black features. But I do not remember his voice being like that. So what is he doing with the look? Couldn't get here without getting the two? Why is he talking like that? And I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. It was a little cringe. Um, I was actually grimacing the first time I saw that clip. Uh, And it seemed like Taylor Swift was trying to smile out, but also had to have been feeling the secondhand embarrassment of whatever was going on in that clip. I'm sorry, but I know you guys hear it too. I'm seeing you guys in the comments saying, "I I hear that, I hear that." Uh, but this clip has been going viral because it just gave a little bit of a, a little bit of an ick. Not gonna lie.
1: Yeah. Okay. I was working on a little poll there. It looks like about. 70% of you are saying that, yeah, it's a cringe black sense, <laughs> and half of you are saying, man, whatever, and only a small percentage are saying it was cool, so that's <laughs> all the, it's not just you, apparently, uh, the, the general public felt the same way that that was cringe worthy and what there's kind of this uh cliche in sports where you say that we have uh we had a target on our back and just from a football perspective it's not really that true i mean i guess the chiefs always do because they're the the reigning kind of champions from last year but this year they actually struggled earlier on in the season and then in the playoffs they were the away team on uh in the their playoff games and so they had to kind of go the underdog route and fight their way through some really strong teams. Uh, So to say that we had a target on our back, everyone's taking it sounds like, I guess there's truth to it, but it's just such a cliche. And then to add all the antics and the black scent and the Viva Vegas, I don't even know what that's from, but it was just like, I don't know, man. Have your moment, I guess, but it's kind of cringe.
0: The more I see clips of this man, the more I think that we are watching a very interesting PR relationship just unfold right in front of our eyes and everybody is getting duped. It is no secret that in Hollywood there are several relationship arrangements that happen all the time to you know, promote movies and media and make deals and commercialize certain aspects of whatever it is that we're watching. And I have a feeling that is what's happening with uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. She's now unlocked a, a new audience and a whole group of people that now know her. Plus she's bringing so much revenue into the NFL and ESPN and just sporting in general so I I don't know I could be wrong obviously this is all alleged alleged right but it's just not making sense the math is not mathing the more I see of this man and the more I see of her and just to the the thought that they are in a, a real relationship Kind of baffles me a little bit. And you all saw that Super Bowl ad that was like the girl who's finally sitting down with her father to watch uh, the Super Bowl and to engage with him in football. And now millions upon millions of people are suddenly interested in the Super Bowl because you know Taylor Swift's there and Ice Spice is there and Lana Del Rey and they're cutting to them during the during the shows and everything. And I don't. It smells like PR. It really does.
1: It's sad too, because like, I want to like it, right? It's like the archetypal, you know, strong, alpha male type guy. I mean, people argue that he's beta because of the vaccine or whatever like that, but just Mm -hmm. the the strong football player, tall, handsome guy with the popular girl who's on top of the world. And it's just kind of that classic Americana. And there are much worse like role models that could be out there. Uh, There are much worse optics that you could have around celebrity relationships. And there's something kind of just innately like super American and cool about that. But there's all this stuff around it with his antics with the suspect nature of some of the things the relationship that it it kind of undercuts that for a lot of conservatives and so it's kind of just sad that we we'd love to have this cool you know celebrity couple moment where it just fits this you know classic Americana sort of theme, but it, it gets convoluted by all this other weird stuff that's in the mix.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I guarantee when this all ends, you're going to get a whole Americana album about the girl who dates the guy on the football team and how she's watching in the stands as he's, like, making plays, but he's really a player or something. Some bullshit, you know? <laughs> like, when her music comes out about this man, you are all going to hear it. He just doesn't seem like he's all there. Like, why are you dating a guy who's pushing his coach and he is screaming, Viva Las Vegas, and has old tweets where he cannot spell for the life of him <laughs> there's oh, these please like, show some of those yeah here's some old tweets from travis kelsey mind you i know that these tweets are old 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 okay so don't come for me let me let me show you in full screen here okay here. this is um travis kelsey it says uh Nap time. He <laughs> says, I just gave a squirrel spelled S Q U I R L E a piece of bread and it straight smashed all of it. I had no idea they ate bread like that. Ha uh-huh. ha. Hashtag crazy. <laughs> Tall glass of dosekis is what he's meant to say, but he spelled that wrong too. And a barbecue beacon burger, please. Happy Cinco de Mio. <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo went from class to therapy. Now I need some Chipotle and then I'm off to check out my new apartment. This man was active on Twitter in, uh, 2010, 2011, letting you know everything that was going on, uh, in his day, including, including that time. (laughs)
1: Look, you don't have to be the world's greatest speller to to be smart. I'm sure he's a, a uh, reasonably intelligent guy and I don't want to sure. just crap on him for misspelling some words in some old tweets but it is just really funny like those are just hilarious tweets to, to be out there and hey it's not like he has all these racist things that are being drudged up or anything like that it's just kind of it's it's somewhat endearing although again it just kind of makes you makes you think a little bit about just the whole situation that we're seeing
0: yeah I don't know my vote is PR. But uh, we'll, we'll check back in and see what all happens here. Not that we're actively trying to check back in on this, just that the world will not let you run away from this. We were originally going to do some other stories today, but everything is Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Even your politicians are tweeting about the Super Bowl. Here is uh, what homegirl Hillary Clinton put out on the Internet. She said, congratulations to Taylor's boyfriend and the entire Kansas City Chiefs. Community Clearly meant to be a little snarky uh, remark in that Travis Kelsey is not Travis Kelsey. He is Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And uh, that was her little bit of feminist tweeting for the day. Also, Joe Biden tweeted out, just like we drew it up. Uh, in regard to the Super Bowl, with this photo of himself, uh, meant to be, I guess, a little nod to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, obviously, Joe Biden himself didn't tweet this out. I don't think he knows how to use a cell phone. I'm pretty sure multiple staffers uh, put together these tweets and approve them. I don't even know what this means. It has 491,000 likes, uh, and you know, 200,000 retweets on it. Does anybody know what this means? just like we drew it up is it to to play on the conspiracy that that uh the super bowl is like rigged and that taylor swift's a psyop or something like that i i honestly I think so don't get i it. think
1: it's mocking the idea that cuz i some prominent conservative figures right like the Vivek Ramaswamy's i believe and and people in that vein have been very vocal about this idea that this whole relationship is a psyop that the super bowl is going to be rigged in favor of the chiefs uh, in order to maximize the exposure of Taylor Swift and her involvement with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift is going to subsequently endorse uh, Joe Biden like she did in the previous election. And it's all a ploy to funnel all this attention to get Joe Biden reelected. So he uh, or his social media staff, I should say, because like you said, he was probably 4 hours into a rem cycle uh, yeah. by the time the super bowl was on and when this tweet was posted uh but his his staffers apparently wanted to make a mockery of this idea because the mainstream media is positing that whole thing as this you know right wing conspiracy theory and i think that that's how they're trying to portray it there so it was their effort at poking fun at what they deem to be this conspiracy theory. Oh,
0: I guess clearly it was a good effort with the amount of engagement that this uh, tweet got because it was going off 100%. I don't know how I feel about like this new era of politicians being active in a way in in social media in a way that's kind of like facetious and and comedic. It's a little strange to watch them be like spitting jokes and watch Hillary Clinton talking about Taylor Swift's boyfriend and Joe Biden making jokes about the Chiefs game. I don't know. I'm like, can we keep it classy? Can we keep it... Like, if you're going to use Twitter and Instagram and stuff, can you guys just let me know what's going on in the world and what you're doing about the issues we're facing? Like, I don't understand why we're getting, like, Obama's playlists and all that stuff. Mind you, he's not president anymore, so it's more uh, acceptable, I think. But it's just a little weird. It was already weird with, like, the corporations doing it. Like, Scrub Daddy's got jokes. Duolingo's got jokes. And we're just watching this. And while I find it extremely funny, it's also just a weird consumerist hellscape fever dream that we're experiencing right now and now the politicians are jumping in on it i might be alone in that and that i don't like seeing politicians being all comedic and funny haha on uh the internet but i'm kind of kind of over it
1: Personally. But I would think that like entering the cultural conversation and trying to be funny and, and witty in that is like an effort to connect with people and say, "Haha, see, I get it. I'm like you. But the problem is whenever these tweets are manufactured in a lab by these Gen Z people who you have uh, hired to be your social media staff, like someone tweeted a list of the uh, Biden White House social media tea, comms team or whatever, and it's like this list of Gen Z or millennial females who – have a small amount of number of followers, but are very into their titles and their jobs, and are clearly like mm-hmm. the ones behind uh, this kind of messaging. But it it doesn't come across as authentic because it's clear you didn't write this, and it's or it's clear that Joe Biden did not write this. Like I said, he was probably asleep, and they cooked this up in a lab, and then you post it, and it's like, haha, it's called cult- it's a it's a joke. It's an effort at entering the cultural conversation. But same thing with the Hillary one; like she did not write that tweet or even if she did it just it's hillary falling so flat um in contrast to by the way someone mentioned in the chat uh say what you want about donald trump but the way he let things fly off the handle on twitter uh i think that's why people could not look away and found it so uh some people found it very enraging uh mm-hmm. but a lot of people found it very endearing because Uh, say what you want about it. But it was him tweeting, uh, undoubtedly. And there was authenticity there. And that's why I think it it struck uh, a chord with more Americans.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair. And if especially if it's going to be like issue based, and you're actually talking about things. I'd prefer it be from the actual politician themselves than like a team of people who are doing like market research on what young people are talking about on the Internet and what memes are most popular. It's just so Strange to have such a direct connection to like political statements, politicians, their jokes, the comedy, but mm-hmm. I digress. Another famous part of the Super Bowl, of course, is the ads and commercials, which just feeds into this whole thing. We are watching football games to see cool commercials, guys. <laughs> so weird. So peak weird. To consumerism, me. right? Yes, yes. Peak consumerism. But Uber Eats found themselves in a bit of hot water uh, because they made an Uber Eats ad that had some offensive elements. Now, who was offended by this? The allergy community. Uh, and I'll tell you exactly why after we watched this ad. Let's check it out. Cue. I didn't
1: know you could get all this stuff on Uber Eats. Gotta yeah. remember
0: that. Well, you know what they say, in order to remember something, you gotta forget something else. Make a little room. And that's how I remember Uber Eats has coffee, by forgetting something else. <laughs> Have a seat. <laughs> Remember when you used to be a pepper lady? Wasn't it the cinnamon sisters? Basil babes? Paprika gals? Nah, no, that's absurd. Jen! Hey! <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. uh, okay. Have we met? Not- Did someone doodle on my
1: face? I'm so glad I remembered Uber Eats has office supplies. But I feel like I forgot something. Yeah. There's peanuts and peanut butter? It's not coming up! Oh, it's the primary ingredient. Hey it hands. worked together for 10 years. Ten years? Yeah. You were great. You still don't know, do you? I don't. Right. Like I forget ten years of my life. I hate this town.
0: There you go. There's the ad. Now, uh, can you figure out what was wrong with that ad and why people are upset? No? Well, it's this frame right here, or this scene right here, uh, because this guy is eating peanut butter and forgets that peanut butter has peanuts in it and he's allergic to peanuts and therefore starts to have an allergic reaction to what he is eating. Now, the allergy community, and apparently a bunch of allergists came after Uber Eats and said, how dare you trivialize, you know, real allergic reactions in a commercial like this and you should not be able to display this and make fun of people who have serious medical conditions when it comes to allergies. (sighs) Guys, just peak sensitivity culture are you kidding me you can't make a simple joke about somebody having allergies and forgetting and you know eating the thing that has the allergen in it without people jumping down your throats it's this whole what about meism that we have in our society right now where you make a joke that's clearly not meant to trivialize anything or to make fun of any particular person and somebody raises their hand and goes, well, what about me? I have a peanut allergy and that really offended me. How dare you trivialize something? And because one person raised their hand, Uber Eats now has to go edit out the portion of this ad, which they spent millions of dollars on, and then run it without one of the main kickers, like one of the main jokes so they edited it out because the allergy community was so pissed off at them at trivializing for trivializing uh, a peanut allergy. And they didn't want to deal with the backlash that they were supposedly going to receive for having aired this at the Super Bowl. And it aired at the Super Bowl without the uh, the peanut allergy reaction. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I
1: hate everything. I hate 2024. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't even like a, a joke that make made or broke the ad. It was... No, it, it was a moment. It was like this whole ad. It was kind of like, it's funny to see Jennifer Aniston. It was funny, the concept of like forgetting something and Uber Eats can help you with the things that you forget. Yeah. So I think it was like overall a successful ad, but my God, my goodness, like having to delete a joke that you write like we talk so much about how comedy is all about free speech how nothing's off limits and people just can't take a joke anymore or they can but they just get off so much on playing the victim and like you said this what about me culture it's just oh this is why people look back with fondness on the times in which things were not so sensitive but yeah, alas
0: i just feel like everything these days you can find a group of people who are going to be uh, offended by it and want it to be changed in some sort of way or say that it trivializes something for them and my goodness I think we can uh we can move on from that some
1: by the way if anyone has a peanut allergy let us know in the chat if you're offended or not we asked you guys and 94 percent of you say it was not offensive for uber eats to joke about having peanut allergies in the ad Uh, but I'm curious if you actually have one how you felt
0: Yeah, let us know for all the the peanut allergy individuals in the chat down below. Y'all know I used to work at an allergist before uh, I even started doing what I do now. Mm. Uh, And I can guarantee you, most of my patients would not have cared about this whatsoever. And we would go through an allergy test, all those people, I used to be a technician there, and those patients would not care. Come on now. So you get like a handful of people who write a strongly worded letter and all of a sudden... uh, you know, people change things, and I can't imagine, hopefully they didn't, you know, lose too much money, not that I care that much about how much money Uber Eats loses, but my gosh, that's like millions of dollars that you funnel into something, and the high production value of it all, and then you end up having to put it on, like, the cutting room floor because a person wrote a strongly worded letter about their allergies. My goodness. So then you got the the Pfizer ad, which I'm gonna have to mute because we don't want to get... Copyright claimed, but it went through, you know, all of Pfizer's work in science and the, the history of science and all these different contributions. And it's pretty fitting that Pfizer has a commercial during the Super Bowl this year as, you know, Travis Kelsey is is daddy Pfizer. He's Pfizer boy who promoted the whole vaccination thing and, you know, the right and people who weren't uh, pro the whole COVID regulations really came at him for that. And now Pfizer's sort of rebranding as this massive institution for um, modern day science and technology and innovation. And while that might be true to some extent, I will always have a bone to pick with Pfizer. <laughs> I will always have a bone to pick with this corporation. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we, will, we shall never forget what they did to us in the year 2020 and on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice message. I, remember I was watching it. And once I realized it was Pfizer's like, oh, because the actual substance of what they were doing was kind of a tribute to science. And that was cool. Uh, but then to position yourselves as the uh, tip of the spear of science or like the natural progression of Isaac Newton and all these great discoveries that have come before. It's like, OK, yeah, you'll work in the scientific realm, but come on, like. Just read the room. No one wants to hear from you right now uh, with your immunity from being prosecuted for our, for any kind of injuries caused by your products, uh, for the billions of dollars you spend in lobbying, right. uh, for the stranglehold that you've had on our institutions like No one wants to hear it. So decent message, which is smart on them. I'll give them that, Uh, but just wrong messenger. No one wants to hear it.
0: Yeah, we love a good rebrand, Pfizer. We love a good rebrand, but we're (laughs) not ready for it yet. Too soon. (laughs) Too soon, indeed. And lastly, this commercial is getting a lot of heat uh, among the religious community. It is the He Gets Us commercial, and I'll show you some of the stills uh, from this commercial here. Uh, And the whole concept of this commercial is to sort of... A break down the divide and a point to a message that you know Jesus washed you know the feet of others as uh, a sign of I guess camaraderie and taking care of other people and you hear you have a, the police officer washing the feet of a African American guy, a white woman washing the feet of I don't know maybe Hispanic or Native American young girl, a white woman washing the feet of a Muslim woman. And a pastor of some sort, uh, washing the feet of a black gay guy, I think, or you know, the, a father watching the washing the feet of a black gay guy. And I think there's other ones because uh, I wanted to go and look through this commercial and see like what was the the back and forth message here. What sort of things does it seem like they're trying to depict? Uh, I did not see. I think there was one still of a, a person of color washing the foot of another person of color and they were both like protesters who were protesting each other at some point and then one decided to wash the foot of the other one. Other than that, it was all white people washing the feet of, uh, of people of color, which I think is quite telling and maybe a little bit of a subliminal message in the ad. I'm not a, a religious individual, so I didn't think much of, of having watched this, but it has created... Quite a heated conversation amongst uh, Christians in particular. I saw one super chat that definitely wanted to get Taylor to weigh in on uh, this commercial. Taylor, how do you feel about it? He gets us.
1: Um, So I mostly... Oh, sorry. Um, Clicking too many things here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. On its face, it's like... There's there's an element of, you know, like Paul says in the New Testament, that I whether through false motives or pure, I rejoice that the gospel is preached. And so you don't want to be overly critical when someone is trying to do something good in the name of God. But at the same time, uh, is it the gospel that you're preaching? And is that what's coming across in your messaging? Or is it the gospel of Jesus? And this this whole thing seemed overly vague in what it was trying to communicate. Uh, And it definitely seemed tailored to a, to like appeal to the modern sensibilities uh, that are more left leaning that, you know, Jesus doesn't teach hate and, or didn't teach hate. And all of the scenes that they portray, or most of them are sort of subverting the expectations of uh, what, what a Christian would think is, I guess a modern day leftist by saying like, Oh, here's a, here's a priest washing the feet of uh someone who appears to be LGBTQ or something like that. And while there's like on its face again, that's, that's maybe an, a nice thing to, to communicate. Uh, it, it just seems like it's only in one direction, right? And like where was the, uh, the trump supporter having their uh, feet washed or the january 6 protester (laughs) or something like that by an lgbtq person or vice versa like i think that might have captured the the message a little better um but it, it just seemed kind of like reductive uh and reduced jesus and his message to a caricature of what modern uh day sensibilities think. And so because of that, I think it, it fell a little flat for me and I didn't like it. And I I did a little poll on my Instagram asking Christians uh, what they thought, and most of them uh, were did not like it either. So it's strange that you have this uh, group of people who are wanting to spread the message of Jesus, but doing so in a way that is uh, not co-signed by the majority of Christians. And uh, it I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's a strange movement. I guess it creates a conversation. Um, and maybe that's good or bad, but, uh, yeah, I can't really co-sign.
0: Yeah. I'd be better. I think if it was just more even handed in the messaging, I think then it would have probably landed a little better on, uh, people who were viewing this for the first time the ads were in fact all over the place they had Pfizer advertising Scientology advertising whatever this is was up in there Kanye had an advertisement and it was just like him talking to his iPhone camera which is honestly brilliant marketing on his part to pay for the advertising slot and just film on your iPhone uh but yeah they they was just like Everybody and their brother pay for an ad so long as they had the money for the slot, which I guess, you know what, is uh, how it is and and why we have something to discuss the next day because things always get a little controversial at the Super Bowl. I don't think a Super Bowl has gone off without controversy. And with that, we are going to get into your Super Chats. Let's hear from you guys today.
1: All (laughs) righty. So, kicking us off today is going to be drum roll. Wow, there's a fair few. Uh, J Man is our first one. He says the Taylor Swift Bowl was long and boring.
0: Ah, okay. So you know, nobody was. You weren't a fan. You weren't a fan of the Super Bowl this year. Uh, like I said, if you'd watched it on Nickelodeon, guarantee you wouldn't have been. You wouldn't have been bored.
1: Not as bored, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
0: Next year, I m- I might just be uh, moved to check it out on nickelodeon at least for a little while
1: well this is like the like we did with the grammys like i didn't sit down and watch the whole grammys but you can get if you're interested in the cultural conversation you can log on social media after it happens and get pretty much everything that you need to get out of it so uh if you're watching for the football itself though as a football games go it was if you're really into football you're like wow this is a great defensive battle but uh it it did kind of Feel a little bit lacking in action mm, as well mm. so and it was not the result like swifties and people who live in kansas city wanted kansas city to win and i think the rest of america wanted uh the, the Niners to win interesting because <laughs> <laughs> we're they're all kind of tired they're
0: kind of over <laughs> all
1: it. of this stuff tired yeah. of, the, of the chiefs tired of their them keep winning but uh and tired of the Teddy swift drama and hearing about it but mm. um but here we are. Alas, they have the greatest uh coach, I mean not, not coach, but the greatest quarterback right now of this generation in Pat Mahomes. And he's he's not anywhere near Tom Brady yet, but he's on a trajectory right now. So we'll see.
0: Hmm.
1: Um sorry to give you the football take. No, but That's
0: all good. All I <laughs> thirty I've,
1: second version. All I've heard about uh, Pat
0: Mahomes is that uh people say he has a zesty walk. Have you heard that? Because he walks. A on, zesty walk, no. Zesty walk. That's all I keep seeing on uh on TikTok is that people specific talking about the way he walks. <laughs> yeah that's it that's all uh, i know about you, that's what Sporting sportington knows
1: about him okay well wow. <laughs> interesting he, he's got a lot that he sounds like kermit the frog when he talks okay. that's a very popular thing to say and then there was some drama because his uh unfortunately his dad got pulled over for like okay. the third time for dui yeah. and just and then people are like cast you know trying to paint him with that brush just that but Anyways, uh, Cameron Campbell says I was expecting to see Taylor Swift over twenty times, but for most of the games the Chiefs were losing. Sadly, the game tied and went into overtime where the Chiefs won. I lost fifteen
0: dollars. Ooh, you well at least you could have lost much more. I'm sure a lot of men uh, bet against uh, the Chiefs, many of whom I think purely out of hatred for Taylor Swift, and I bet they lost a lot of money. I heard <laughs> I think I think Drake. Uh, bet a million dollars that the Chiefs would win, so he is raking in whatever the return is on that. So,
1: yeah, rich get uh, yeah, We could we didn't show, but we could have the uh, the guys on TikTok. I think there was one who spent twenty grand on it, and then when the Chiefs won, he like destroyed the television in front of him because he was so mad about losing his bet. I don't know
0: if this is <laughs> the guy, but there are so many videos of men destroying their televisions on the internet. Uh, here's a clip. And my question, are you guys okay? Like. <gasps> oh, oh,
1: oh.
0: And then like a woman jumping in. what type of, this is degenerate behavior. I'm gonna be so honest. You're breaking your TV because a football game? Because of it is such a red flag. I I read somewhere that like domestic violence skyrockets on Super Bowl Sunday. And when you Whoa. see video clips like this, I think, I, I, I could be wrong. Fact check me on this. I know it skyrockets on Super Bowl Sunday. But somebody said it's one of the worst days of the year for domestic violence in the United States of America. And it's probably because of people like this who are absolutely nuts and do things like this over a football game. How weird. It's such a weird thing. Weird thing to do. Very strange. They
1: need to go to anger management therapy with Andy Bernard.
0: Yes, they really do. <laughs> they really do. This through the drywall. It's an overreaction.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Celtic Blacksmith says the Irish once tried to make an Irish American national anthem, but they had trouble finding words that rhymed with whiskey, Guinness, or potato. <laughs> kind All of right. a good I good Irish. Take joke. A word for it. I let's haven't see. heard of the Irish national
0: I think he was making a, a joke towards the Irish. If there's any Irish watching right now, let me know if you're offended in the chat. Making a funny. Down below. Uh,
1: let's see. Cameron Campbell again says, uh, can we talk about Travis Kelsey's behavior yelling at the elderly coach? Add on to him pr- prom- promoting vaccines and kneeling during the national anthem.
0: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't sound like the most like bang-up guy. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm not sure what's so endearing about this man uh, that... People are sort of fawning over him. And then the more clips I see, the less I understand. Let me just tell you that, especially the pushing of the clo- the coach. It's just such a, it's, it's not a masculine thing to do. As much as people want to say, oh, it's men, like this is just men being men. It's really not masculine to go and push somebody so much older than you and so much frailer than you in a moment of rage. The masculine thing to do would be to control yourself uh and, and deal with it in a way that is respectful. So
1: yeah. I mean it's basically the same response as the breaking of the TV, right? Yeah. It's the total raging.
0: It's like toddler, toddler tantrums. Mm.
1: Uh little Redhead seventy five says, please forgive me if y'all talked about this, but curious to hear Oh, this is when they asked about my take on this that he gets us. Ah
0: yeah. So
1: yeah. Adds uh, well you guys can rewind and, catch that <laughs> yes. uh george Jorge am says uh, the shit show super bowl was rigged because of the taylor swift bs
0: <laughs> i know a I'm lot to of do people a poll feel that to way to ask you if you
1: think it was rigged <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah.
0: let's ask i know a lot of people <laughs> feel that way a lot of people were saying there's no way the chiefs were going to lose this game i i don't know how does one rig a football game like that when you're like watching it uh, I mean, the
1: most obvious answer is the refs. You know, you get the refs to okay. not call penalties on the 49ers or okay. on the Chiefs and get them to call more on the Niners. And overall, my takeaway was that this was a fairly uh, well-officiated game. I heard some commentary that the uh, Kansas City defense was being very physical with uh, the 49ers offense and doing things that sometimes get called for flags and weren't i did see a clip too of uh the star player on the 49ers getting like egregiously held on a play which is a penalty where you like grab a guy and don't let him move in in a way that you're not allowed to Mm -hmm. Um, when he was going after pat mahomes and uh would have changed the play but almost every game has a few plays like that that you can dissect and say Mm -hmm. that so it's you could maybe make a case that there was asymmetrical officiating in favor of the Chiefs, but uh, I don't know. That's what people point to, though, with, with the conspiracy theory. At least that, from what I've heard.
0: Okay, uh, fair enough. I mean, it's got to be tough to be a ref, too. I bet there's a lot of pressure riding on the things that you say and do. I, I bet they have security going in and out of that, uh, in and out of that oh, game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Indeed. All right, I got the poll up. You guys can let us know if you think it was rigged or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Fan Club says, I could literally hear my mother screaming. The woman is in her late 60s who has never watched any sports ever. The Super Bowl made people go crazy.
0: It's like a full moon. (laughs) The Super Bowl happens and suddenly people are screaming and attacking each other and doing all this crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It's just I don't know that I have anything. Maybe I have a lack of passion in my life because there's nothing that I would break my TV for uh, for having seen. Nothing that I can think of, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a double-sided thing. Like, the sports is great because it sort of harnesses the energy of tribalism that mm-hmm. the humans tend to have. But in a way, that's somewhat, like, it's, it's healthy. Like, we want to see competition. We want to see a lot at least a large swat of humanity does mm-hmm. but it also brings out a lot of the ugliness with it and it's not unique to to football or american football uh fans of sports have clashed like oh, in the yeah. uk they're famous for their crazy fights people die <laughs> uh, between fan bases and stuff so uh i think it's maybe there's healthy elements to to it by like being able to identify with your team and like it's it's a cool thing but it can easily go too far and i think uh, where you don't have a healthy degree of separation from your team, like, you can quickly uh, act irrationally and and yeah. do things that are very bad.
0: 100%. So. I watched the, the Beckham, the David Beckham documentary on Netflix uh, about, like, uh, his whole career and everything, and this time that he, I guess, fouled a player on, uh, I forget who he was playing, but it was while he was playing for England or, or something like that, and mm-hmm. the entire country hated him for years to come like he was getting spit on yelled at threatened all this stuff uh over something a bad decision he made in a game it's like well, okay you guys can you take this a little too seriously guys you take it a little too seriously
1: no you don't want to be the kicker who misses a big kick or you know the guy who doesn't for block real. a goal or something yeah no
0: you'll have hitters You're out on pariah. You. for real <laughs> you got ops after that a whole country full of ops
1: Oh, dear. Uh, it's all pill to me, it says, hey, A&T, can we all agree that the halftime show was worse than the Marvels movie? J-Lo and Shakira was the best one so far because of that reggaeton.
0: Huh. I don't know. I didn't think it was all that horrible. Um, and anybody who was an Usher fan, I think, was satisfied. I think he moved through the song super quickly. And then the audio, as I said in the beginning, was not doing him any favors, even though Usher sings very well. Uh, live, but other than that, I wasn't astounded. Um, but I wasn't like bored, but I guess,
1: yeah, no, it was yeah. like fast paced and kept you engaged. And the way that it ended with Lil John coming out and doing the turn for what cameo right. going right. into, yeah, it was like it, it definitely hit a high note. And I, it, you could feel how like hype it was, yeah. in, inside of there. And I think, you know, for most of America, that's probably like the only Usher song that they really know or sure. have heard. <laughs> and so when that drops, I'm sure you know you could feel the energy for sure, which was right. cool. Um, so t- such a hater, Alex, is all, if it doesn't have the latinas and <laughs> the reggaeton, he doesn't want. He it.
0: doesn't want it.
1: <laughs> Jorge M says, "How tf does uh, he know he will win the Super Bowl next year because it's all rigged and scripted?"
0: Well, I know it's kind of I view it like kind of like when the presidential candidates say when I'm president kind of thing, you know, like, you don't know. It's just it's just a confidence thing. It's just an ego ego thing, I guess.
1: I think that's the right read. Yeah, it also helps again when you have the best quarterback of of this generation who's already got three Super Bowls under his belt in like five year of uh, career as a starter. Um, It's. Can, you can be pretty strong on your bet. So riddle uh, me that. Why isn't
0: yep. why isn't Pat the one making the whole speech in that video? And instead, Travis Kelsey is the one holding the trophy and doing the speech.
1: Well, I'm sure he spoke in the. I didn't stay tuned to the post game antics, but I'm sure that they had him speak on camera. I think okay. the Kelsey one just got clipped on social media and went viral because of television.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um,
1: but also, when, uh, Pat Mahomes was generally a lot more humble in his demeanor. Uh, Mm -hmm. When he's talking and gives credit to his teammates and usually he does a lot of the sports pleasantries. Uh, He's had his moments of being a little edgy, but for the most part, he's a lot more toned down. He wouldn't do something like uh, we saw with Kelsey. I also wonder if Kelsey was trying to like outdo his brother because at the AFC championship game, Mm -hmm. his brother, who is also a Hall of Fame or potential Hall of Fame uh, player who played for the Super Bowl winning Eagles uh, a couple of years ago, uh, but he took off his shirt in the box and was like dancing all crazy and oh, like gosh. you know yeah. having a lot of fun with fans. But it was actually in a really cool, like endearing, like humanizing way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if he was like trying to outdo the the love his brother's getting for all of that and uh, do the do the Viva Las Vegas thing. Which, by the way, Lynn says the Viva Las Vegas was a popular song by Elvis Presley, also an Elvis movie. So I'm I betrayed a little bit of cultural ignorance on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some people calling me out for not knowing. <laughs> But did you, did you know about hey, the we hell, can't know Las everything. Vegas? No, we hell, can't know everything, yeah. guys. We're trying.
0: I don't know anything about sports alone, let alone Viva Las Vegas, let alone any of this. I didn't even know why Travis Kelsey was the one with the microphone. <laughs>
1: so. uh, uh, all right. Eve says, yeah, I don't know. The yelling and pushing his coach is a big red flag for me, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. If I was like dating a man again and saw him do that, done. Immediately uh, broken up. I don't know how that, that is to be, uh, tolerated. It's just not healthy, not normal. I don't think.
1: Uh, equestrian 100 says came late, but just want to say hi and let you know how much I love your channel. You have such great common sense views on all topics. Thank you again.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for watching and coming by and hopefully having a good time. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Indeed. Uh, Celtic Blacksmith again says, Taylor, you better watch your arse with that fan club of yours. Mine organized a mutiny. In hindsight, arming a group of fanatics wasn't my best idea.
0: We what? <laughs>
1: well, if you remember, yeah, Celtic yes. Blacksmith had his own fan club. And he said he
0: was going to forge some stuff for them. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah, probably best a, not to arm them.
1: This <laughs> is getting into the, you've got to be a regular watcher to follow the antics yes, of the... Do. Uh, it's lore. layers of fan clubs yeah. in the super chats it, happening. It,
0: it's it's lore at this point.
1: <laughs> but sounds like you you made it out alive at least. So yes. we're we're happy you held on. You've, you've, I'm sure you've got more <laughs> weapons than uh, any of your raving fans. <laughs> Sorry, <TV. laughs> uh, v says, "I feel like it's to show his quote unquote support for the Chiefs, but was it executed badly?
0: What was?
1: And referring to is this." his viva really vegas thing or going after the coach i'm I am not, not
0: sure uh sorry about that we do not know what your what your super chat is referring to
1: but it was whatever it was it was executed badly <laughs> the things that we <laughs>
0: <talked about. laughs> yes
1: so i guess you're right there uh william huck says uh the out al- the allergen community is allergic to humor
0: I guess so. <laughs> meh, meh, meh. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, they are uh, indeed, apparently. And I, I imagine there's just a few people responsible for making that that big change. And I think one of them happened to be, you know, higher up at one of these like allergy organizations. I forget what the name of it is, but
1: it was like a Canadian one, too. Yeah. It wasn't even an American. Like, oh. uh, not that. Valid criticism can't come from Canada. Sure, <laughs> like, but... Come on, you're Hoover Uber Eats, an American company for the Super Bowl, and some Canadian organization is like, you're being mean to people with allergies. Gosh, Canadians these ad. days,
0: guys. Sorry for any of the Canadians who are watching this show, but your country has got a lot going on. I saw a video of some Canadian officials saying that, like, parents don't have rights in Canada. Uh, they're, they're, they have responsibility, and their responsibility is to affirm their child. That's such a wild... Thing to say, especially as an official. Um, but I keep watching some crazy clips out of Canada, so it's no wonder that the Canadians are behind the alteration of the Uber Eats commercial.
1: <laughs> ah. a, yeah. Affirm your child in what the government says you must affirm them in. Yeah. Scary times up there. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's all black pill to me. Again, says I wasn't offended by the Uber Eats ad, but what I am offended by is the fact that they did not have any hot Asians in the Lunar New Year's commercials. Where's the diversity they speak of? The Oh, diversity?
0: my gosh. Somebody just wants the Asians.
1: I think you need to take a cold shower.
0: Indeed. Expeditiously.
1: <laughs> have Uber Eats deliver you a bag of ice.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh K. Keegan says, what do you think of them using a Jewish singer to promote a Nazi product? They used a Neil Diamond song for Volkswagen.
0: Oh, I don't think that matters. Come on. Volkswagen is pretty. It's it's a neutral, neutral commodity, I think. I think it's lost its uh, Nazi association at this point. If anything, that's a good thing. If anything, it's a good thing that you have something, you know, uh, made in Germany that is uh, now has like a Jewish singer on it we've come a long way
1: yeah uh they i don't know did you see the volkswagen ad this it was like retracing their history as a Mm -hmm. company in america and it started Mm -hmm. in like 1949 or something like that Mm -hmm. but they were associated with the nazis like in the years prior to that so it was just a little bit like kind of similar to pfizer just like we're only telling the positive. Of course, of course, it's an accurate sure. company. So, yeah, uh, what do you expect? But people are just quick to point out that they have not forgotten.
0: Right. I feel but, like history is history. I mean, what are we going to do about it at this point? Yeah. You know, it's going to continuously be a, it's going to be a successful company. And you, regardless, no, well, we need to make
1: a list of every company that ever had any <laughs> Nazi affiliation that ever right. sold anything to a bad person that we don't like, and they need to be held to account. Right. Right. Cancelled. Uh, Cameron Campbell says, I'm a Sunday school teacher, and the reason why most people hate this Jesus ad is because they're using the Bible to shun Christians as hypocrites uh, using religion for social activism and not the gospel.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh,
1: One more. Oh, keep going. says, while Jesus said to love and help others, it was to help people not to affirm. I remember the table flipping at the temple.
0: Yeah, I could see there's be a ton of different interpretations, as is the case for anything religious. You're gonna have a million different interpretations of what was done right, what was done wrong, what is most adherent to scripture. So I think this would be no, it will be no exception. Uh, I can definitely see some undertones in it that lead me as a non-religious person to see what maybe the messages that they're trying to promote. But I'll leave it to you guys to give your uh, interpretations.
1: Yeah, I think that's what didn't sit well with me. Like there's kind of this, you either did something that feels true to the heart of Christianity, to the heart of Jesus, as I know it. Um, and that when that comes across, it's, it, it's pretty obvious and it stands on its own. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's, you're putting out a message that has been tailoring Jesus to your purposes or You know, putting your ideas and your uh, agenda with a veneer of Jesus over it. And this felt more like the latter than the former is all I'll say. Hmm. Um, Okay, Boomer 412 says, they always leave out the go and sin no more part of his message. Yeah, that was a big criticism from a lot of Christians I saw online Mm -hmm. about that one as well. Mm -hmm. uh vicky bell says uh shout out to the rfk junior ad i thought it was pretty smart for him to use the kennedy nostalgia factor especially for people who didn't even know he was running
0: yeah the kennedy 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 it was a very cute uh nostalgic ad for a time period where i didn't even exist uh it still hit so (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah it was a was an interesting uh spin and you know, if you're going to run a Kennedy, that's probably one of the best ways you could do it. Uh, I guess some of his family was upset about using the likeness of, you know, prior Kennedy. Uh, and he apologized for that because he had no no uh, actual say in this ad. He's not allowed to have say in these ads. So, But I think it landed on the audience that it, you know, was going to be in support of it and felt the, the nostalgia for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was cool to see. It definitely felt like... Connected you to American history and just mm-hmm. the nostalgia for, for JFK. Um, yeah. So that was cool with him. Yeah. Um It's all black pill again. Says if you guys would have continued watching that TV smashing clip, their kids started stomping on the TV as well. What a, f- a fierce parents of the year contest.
0: Yeah. It's just, so, it's so bad from so many directions. First, you're breaking a piece of property for no reason. You're engaging in an act of just aggression for no reason. Your kids are emulating it. oh yeah yeah All over a football game, guys. I'll never uh, understand.
1: Tragic, stand. Yes, <laughs> I would. N- I would never get upset at a football game. I'll get. A, I'll get like into it, but I'm. I'm not at the point of, of breaking stuff. One time, I threw a pumpkin. I will say that. <laughs> you uh, threw a pumpkin. It was LSU versus Alabama a few years ago, um, and. I mean, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek because I was with my roommate, who's also a big fan, and anyway, Mm -hmm. I was kind of being dramatic on purpose for comedic effect. But uh, never broken a TV. Not out of
0: loss of control of your uh, your faculties. Did you throw the pumpkin?
1: I mean, it's to be debated. We'll have to watch (laughs) watch the instant replay. (laughs) Glad glad it wasn't on tape. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Ty Oran says, love you guys. Your show is my reward after working out while I stretch. P.S. Beyonce ex-Verizon was the best part of the show.
0: Oh, I didn't see that part. Um, did you?
1: Oh, uh, um, Kind of. It was loud in the room I was in, so I didn't get to catch the details of it. But basically the ad was uh, Beyonce trying to break the Internet, so she kept doing different things things like dances or absurd things and oh, she nice. like goes into outer space to break the internet and they're like you still haven't broken it you still haven't broken it because verizon's network is so strong that you can't break it wow. um even with beyonce so it was like a funny concept and, wow. and pretty well Very kind of fun. that's what you want out of a super bowl ad you know something just like creative funny with a celebrity and yeah so awesome i liked it Uh, A.V.J.R. says, Taylor, what are your thoughts on the deconstruction Christian movement? I'm not a fan of it. John L. Cooper of Skillet talks about it on his podcast, Cooper Stuff. I recommend him. He is a cool man. I remember Skillet was like one of those Christian bands from way back when. um, And I have heard of of John Cooper. You know, he was like the front man. I don't know where he stands on all of it. Uh, But generally speaking, I sympathize with deconstruction in a lot of ways, uh, because I had a lot of dogma in my beliefs and it needed to be distilled out against the backdrop of truth. But I think what I see from deconstructionists is they end up using their negative experiences um, to go further than they need to and their frustrations uh, and like reactionary anger toward their bad experiences or doubts or whatever um make them to to miss the the forest for the trees or you know throughout the baby with the bathwater and i think they end up going too far becoming too relativistic and uh it generally doesn't end well but i had my own deconstruction kind of phase um but i also just didn't get to the point where i became like super relativistic like i see a lot of the deconstructionists do so that's my 30-second answer. I can talk about that (laughs) much longer, though. So thank you for asking. Uh, Anisha says, can you explain something to me as an outsider? Which people in the USA are seen as white? I always learned that that Caucasian race are Europe, but I saw a video of a girl who is said to be of Italian descent and so not white
0: just anybody who looks white, essentially. It has nothing to do with actual, <laughs> like, background, at least to the best of my knowledge. If you look white, you are considered white. Now, we do this whole kind of, like, one-drop thing, essentially, where if you have, like, one drop of, of, like, black or some sort of, you know, person of color background, then you can start identifying with that, and then if you still look white, then you're white passing, uh, but... Don't look for any actual formality to why we call people white people. Uh, we just judge them based off of literally what we see with our with our own eyes. It's, it's
1: bad. Yeah, aren't there's like black people who are white passing, so they don't get to call themselves black and uh, Elizabeth Warren gets to call herself Native American for point zero zero, whatever percent. right. So you it, would say it, you are a so.
0: black person who is white passing is essentially hmm. uh, what you would be called. I'm half white and half black, but I just get called black because I am not white passing. Um, so there you go. <laughs>
1: Travis Does Kelsey that make any is sense? Black passing because of his black scent. <laughs> right. As we learned
0: right. He's a week. black white boy, apparently. <laughs> uh, so, yeah.
1: Uh, Rebecca Fantuazo says, I love the Kennedy campaign. Uh, That the Kennedy campaign is finally getting out there into the national spotlight. Now people know there's a real third party candidate.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what it does with uh, this next election cycle and how, you know, the votes start stacking up uh, with a pretty possibly strong third party candidate. It's going to be interesting to to witness. Things could go awry, but also it might just be the beginning of something new in, you know, American politics.
1: You know, it would be really interesting. But it's like if ever the stage were set for a third party candidate to break through, I mean, you would think it'd be now. Of course, we could probably could have said the same thing in 2016. Yeah. Um, but because I mean there's a lot of aversion to both candidates yeah. uh that that's coming. Um, but I know the left really is dismissive of of RFK as a conspiracy theorist, and the right, I think, uh, is equally Unenthused, so Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, But I don't hate him. Yeah, I I think he's. uh, I don't know. It's interesting that he's out there. (laughs) Yeah. Given the options, it's like, man. I mean, good lord. Maybe we can talk about that more in a future episode. But yeah, it was a cool. uh, It was a cool ad, at least.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, Jim C says the Super Bowl domestic violence hoax was debunked in the book. Who? Who Stole Feminism by Christina Hoff Summers in the 1990s.
0: Oh, okay. I'll have to look into that um, and and check it out. I do like Christina Hoff Summers. I've watched many of her her lectures and many of her videos. So I'll have to check out that book, Who Stole Feminism.
1: Yeah, we love to be fact-based when it comes to claims about Mm -hmm. feminism and who's perpetrating violence and population stats. And we know Christina's great on those things. Yeah, yeah. It's all Black Pill says. I'm sorry, Amala. I wasn't watching the halftime show to watch Usher take his shirt off. I didn't sign up to watch Chippendales. Taylor (laughs) did sign up for that,
0: though. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, some people don't want to see that. The halftime show, either people really love it or sometimes (laughs) they're just there to watch the halftime show and others don't really care. Um, And I guess it just depends on who your artist is.
1: I was a little upset because we were playing uh, beer pong going into halftime, and then when Usher came on, the girls wanted to stop and watch it, like, in an engaged fashion.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs)
1: Alas, you know, it's whatever. It's each their own. (laughs) Uh, Elise. Iris says, uh, hello, friends, and I are indulging in magic portobello mushrooms this weekend. What conspiracy theories should we think about?
0: Magic portobello's. I've never heard of magic portobello's. I didn't know they had portabellos. magic portabellos. Yeah, <laughs> they're just eating pasta. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, conspiracy theories. Get into Mattress Firm. Let's check out Mattress Firm. You guys can do a, a, d- a deep dive on that one and see, uh, see what you find.
1: Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we talked about the Etsy conspiracy theory, the Bohemian Grove that used to be yeah. a big one on the. Talked about spirit cooking. Uh, I mean, this Taylor Swift Kelsey is the the latest and greatest <laughs> conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. So there's there's plenty y'all mm-hmm. can go wild with it, but Definitely. don't go too wild. S K H writer says, "I really just wish Hollywood would leave us Christians alone." Taylor was right; ours is a religion uh, of acceptance, but that ad felt more like a jab
0: yeah well it's it's difficult there because they identify with your same religion so how is it's christians leaving christians alone <laughs> if that's the case you know it's mm. it's kind of tough yeah questions
1: with with resources um who maybe don't represent the, the broadly held views but i get you yeah i mean whatever man we've all got a we've all got to live true to it as best we can individually. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's as good as you can do. People are going to do what they're going to do. Um, But I think the truth will out in the end. Um, And that's not something that can be corrupted. And I mean, the Bible even talks in that language about uh, the true thing being the incorruptible seed and that that's still there. Yeah. So Erica Henderson says I'm a 49ers fan. And there were a few times where the chief got first downs, but the ball was pushed back.
0: I don't know what that Sporting means.
1: Sporting Mix Sportington, what's your official opinion on say this?
0: They got first downs but the ball was pushed back. Is yeah, that what
1: it says? I'm not even really sure what that uh, I have is referring to. literally
0: no idea what that means. Literally no idea. Are you saying that the refs were making bad calls? Is that what that's what the thing is trying to say? And that the the game is in fact rigged? I,
1: I think she's saying uh as a credit to her integrity and honesty that even though she's a 49ers fan, She saw there's plays where the Chiefs should have earned a first down because they advanced the ball far enough. But then the referees placed it behind the first down sticks to where they did not get credit for a first down. So that's how I'm interpreting that. But let me know if I'm wrong there. Translation. Uh, Isaac Gorski says, uh, gay or not, I would not be okay with a man dancing on my wife in any situation, uh, just like she wouldn't be okay with a lesbian dancing
0: on me. Oh, I guess it depends on the wife. <laughs> I guess it depends. I don't know that I would feel all that, any of that, I don't think I would feel that type of way if a, a lesbian danced on my boyfriend or something like that. I'd just be like, oh, okay, that's kind of, it would be inter- more interesting to me that a lesbian would want to dance on my boyfriend <laughs> than the fact that she actually did it. Um, yeah, to each their own, I think. Uh, clearly Alicia Keys knew what she was getting into and thus probably her husband knew uh, what she was getting into and I'm sure they're going to be fine. I'm sure they're going to be fine.
1: I just love yeah. some of the, the tweets of like Usher's a freak for real, man. He's just going for it. That's a married woman. Like it was just funny to see the, yeah. the reactions. But yeah, I mean, I I find it uh, uncomfortable, but you get it. Like they're, he's a performer. They've been doing it for decades now and they did yeah. the song together and they're not. I don't know. It's it's whatever.
0: And it's Usher is literally just known for doing that. Anytime he performs my boo, he'll pick somebody from the crowd and do that same exact uh hmm. same exact shtick. So if she didn't know what she was getting into, I don't know. And
1: that's on yeah. her. That's on you. And she could yeah. have uh you know. Girl has agency too, right? She had she could have uh, pushed away or whatever at yeah, the moment if they yeah. really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh Sam says, hey, when you were talking about rappers a few shows back, I wanted to suggest Little Sims from My Way in the UK. Uh, Her music is so creative and she's a great lyricist, a great female rapper among many poor ones. Love to hear what you think.
0: Oh, I see her. Okay. She's got a very cool style. Okay. I'm going to have to look her up and listen to her. She looks cool. She looks very, very cool.
1: Always amassing the recommendations in the super chats. Thank you, guys. Um, and I think this is our last one of the day at the buzzer. Justin K just says, you guys are amazing. Keep up the good work. And that Uh is his first super chat. So thank you, Justin. Thank
0: you, Justin. We really appreciate it. And guys, that is our show for today. I hope you had a good time. Uh, we will be. I say this every time, hopefully, staying away from Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift in the future on this show. Yes, please. And <laughs> talking about more pressing, uh, important stories. Guys, if you enjoyed this video, please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is about a one sunny host in from The View. Uh, a woman who is often pushed for operations and a uh, black acknowledgement and all these different things who has now found out that her ancestors are in fact slave owners. So we'll discuss that. I'll give you my take on it. So keep an eye out for that tomorrow. And with that, guys, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Monday. You start the week off right and that you have a good evening. Bye, guys.